1: and depression today, much to my surprise, Dr. Gates just informed me we've never done one, on <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing uh, because we've done a lot of talk on PCOS and we see it a lot. It's a pretty common clinical picture that comes in here. We see a lot of thyroid that seems to correlate, coordinate with a lot of uh, mm-hmm. Hashimoto's types problems. So, uh, and I'm not exactly sure where Dr. Gates is going with this <laughs> because we just <laughs> talked about it, but. I, but this is a uh, a subject that I happen to know that we're extremely conversant with, and so I'll be anxious to hear if he comes up with anything new <laughs> today that I'm not aware of. And uh, if not, I may or may not chime in. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so PCOS and depression. Well,
0: it's th- menopause. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what people come in a lot of times. Like, Am I going into the menopause?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And actually, some of the lead endocrinology researchers will say that most women in menopause are actually kind of in a state of PCOS because at that point their testosterone ratios are higher. Chemically, yeah. Yeah, chemically. So uh, for those of you with PCOS, you know how... um, what a burden this condition really can be, especially emotionally, and it not only affects you know your menstrual cycles and whether they're happening every month or every six months, but also hair growth can be a big, big factor for PCOS patients. Unwanted hair growth, as well as those cysts on your ovaries, which may you know for all intents and purposes explode at times, and that can be exquisitely painful as well. But PCOS is incredibly common; it's one out of five females, in essence. Uh, When diagnosed via the Rotterdam criteria, the Rotterdam criteria was established to say that if you have two out of the three that I just mentioned, if you have hair growth, cysts on your ovaries, or abnormal menstrual cycle lengths, two out of those three, you have PCOS. So you actually don't have to be confirmed with cysts on your ovaries to have PCOS. Now, there are other people out there wanting to establish a new criteria based on a blood test because everything in... Mainstream healthcare is all about blood tests and MRI findings (laughs) So that we don't have to think so it's very black and white and very simple. The problem is is that it seems like diagnosing individuals that way is missing a lot of people and so that's where uh, It's called a blood test and the blood test is called anti-mullerian hormone AMH And so by that criteria six percent of female females have PCOS now What do you see in the consult? with PCOS patients? What do they say to you when they come in?
1: A lot don't realize that they have it. Some don't mm-hmm. realize that they have it. Maybe true. they shouldn't say a lot, but some don't realize that they have it. And others come in and they have uh, they're on uh, some sort of hormone therapy. Um, they're depressed. Mm-hmm. They're they, uh, they have abnormal cycles and, uh, they're frustrated. Um, nobody's really addressing the problem Uh, and and, and I hear that a lot. It feels like, you know, I try to do all this stuff and um, I'm not sure. No, those are fantastic points
0: because I read a, a research article recently about they're investigating OBGYNs because so many PCOS patients were upset that they felt like they weren't heard. Right. and they weren't listened to right. and that they were kind of pushed to the side so to speak and so they went in and they interviewed OBGYNs and how they diagnosed pcos upwards of 30 percent didn't know what criteria they were using they didn't even know about the rotterdam criteria that we just brought up i'm not trying to say that like you just like we know about they don't but, but, and the, but they're ob OBGYNs, OBGYNs. They, that's their business they should their know business. that right exactly and lots of times they get focused on the bigger issues. So uterine cancer, they get focused on, you know, delivering babies, those sorts of things. The more life threatening stuff is where their mind goes. But for the PCOS patient, you know, you're overweight, you should change your diet. That's what they're thinking. And you want to have these issues. And so one third, approximately one third also diagnosed PCOS patients based on just cysts on the ovaries. And so Not really, really Yeah, that I hear. Yeah. That
1: I hear. People are surprised when I go, it sounds like you've got polycystic ovarian syndrome, and they say, I don't have any cysts. And I, I didn't know where you were going with that, but yeah, a lot of them are obese, mm-hmm. and they've been told to uh, exercise more and eat less. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very frustrated group. Mm-hmm. Very frustrated group of, of, of individuals when they come in. And, and frankly, most of the time, mm-hmm. occasionally, people come in here with PCOS, as their lead. Mm-hmm. But most of the time they're coming in here with overweight. Right. Most of the time they're coming in here with depression. Most of the time they're coming in here with all of the other things mm-hmm. and maybe there's some hair there well I'll see during the consult. And then that's when we'll get into the conversation on yeah, uh, polycystic or sometimes they have been diagnosed with it but they haven't been told that it's what's causing all of their other problems. That's right. what I see. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's kind of how the patient comes in. It's so so the fact that several of them have PCOS and, and they're fighting hirsutism uh, and they're fighting depression and they're fighting their weight and they're fighting fatigue, but it's, th- there's never been any connection is, is pretty common. And mm-hmm. then when I start to mention it to them, then they'll be like, oh, that's connected, that type of a thing. So, yeah, that goes to everything you're saying.
0: Yeah, you yeah. Know, it all makes sense. And... Um... Relative to the depression aspect of Dr. Rutherford's talking about and what we're talking about today, the researchers have dug in and tried to say, okay, why are all of you depressed or why is depression at such a high incidence level? And they thought it was because you're battling the weight issues, you're battling the hair growth issues, and they actually found out that's not the case. They're finding that it's more biochemical. It's due to probably changes in your hormones. It's due to changes in your immune system. Not surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to put that out there. Okay. Because a lot of people don't think of depression that way. They always think, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my thought process? And really, there's nothing wrong with your thought process. It's all wrong with your biochemistry, which then affects your thought processes. Yeah, a
1: lot of the ladies are surprised when I say, do you know why you have hair in places that you don't want to have it? And they have no idea. Right. And then I let them know that their testosterone-estrogen ratio is off, or maybe their te- testosterone is high most of the time. I go, yeah, my testosterone's high. And, uh, and I'll say, well, that's not good. for <laughs> If you're a woman, that's, right. that's not good. And then that plays into your frontal lobe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your frontal lobe is what causes you... When it, to get depression when it's not right. functioning as well as it should be.
0: And then they're also finding that the adrenal glands, we've talked about the adrenal glands before as it relates to PCOS, because most of you are told you're insulin resistant, so you need to take a drug like metformin. You need to take birth control because birth control is going to balance your hormones. And that's how you manage this condition. You need to do diet and exercise. We get comment after comment after comment from people around the world who say, I have PCOS and I can't lose weight no matter what diet I'm on. And a lot of that traces back to insulin resistance. You can go back and watch our broadcast on insulin resistance and the gut. Really the information hasn't changed since we did that. Um, And that's a major reason why so many of you cannot lose weight because you have bad bacteria that have a stronghold in your intestines that are creating inflammation and insulin resistance. But they are finding that with stress responses, stress responses can provoke PCOS. And so that's something to be highly attentive to because we see a lot of PCOS patients who are in that chronic state of fight or flight, chronic state of stress, or they go through a massive stressor and their PCOS gets worse. And that's because as your brain fires down to your adrenal glands, it seems that there's a proclivity for the adrenal glands of PCOS patients to make too much testosterone because you also make testosterone from your adrenal glands, not just from your... Your ovaries, basically, are estrogen converting. So that's kind of the data on that.
1: Yeah, I think we see more people who have it as a stress response
0: yeah, we see a, than
1: pretty much anything else.
0: Yeah, we see that as a major component. Yeah, I mean, we
1: see the gut all the time, but what my impression is in listening and to the histories is that the stress response seems to be, like, more prevalent than the natural imbalance just taking place and then the, I would put the gut second but both of them are, are high as to what's causing it and you know then it's you have insulin resistance you have high testosterone hard to lose weight if, mm-hmm. you're, if, you're, if you're almost impossible to lose weight as mm-hmm. a matter of
0: fact and then there's a major overlap with Hashimoto's as we've talked about in I didn't know podcasts. if you
1: wanted to mention <laughs> yeah, that I think yeah. that'd be good because so. that adds to depression uh, the second layer of, of the PCOS 100%.
0: thing yeah, because at least 43% of you have Hashimoto's. That's where your immune system attacks your thyroid. The immune cells of your thyroid go into your frontal lobes, reduced blood flow in the frontal lobes, highly associated with depression. And when you overlap those two, now you're talking about the two most common causes of infertility and inability to carry a fetus full term. Yeah,
1: so it's like yeah. a double whammy. But we've said that from the beginning. For those of you who've watched us, there's nothing that, ha- that walks into our office had a great case yesterday, in uh-huh. a sense, the lady that was the new patient yesterday, and oh, she yeah. was so oh, yeah. she was cute in a sense that she was like it's she had like fifteen different or twenty different symptoms that she had listed that she and she got it. It was like she said it's all connected and and it was that's the shining moment in our office when the patient realizes that now we've taken a giant step forward, and it's always multiple vicious cycles, so yeah, so it's it's got. I mean, you can get insulin resistance from just eating like crap, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's mostly people who come here have already checked all that out. They've already done right. their exercise. They've already fixed their diet. They're already on the paleo diet. They're already on the autoimmune paleo diet. They're on some diet. <laughs> 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 today, it's a, no, today it's the ketogenic diet. Whatever it is, we'll know. To, just ask us because we start seeing it. And, uh, yeah, and and usually that's out of the way. So usually, I mean, to me, it's like stress seems to be number one. Gut and stress run like like neck and neck, and and then Hashimoto's is is, is uh, uh, next. And then, <laughs> if you really want to get technical, get into Hashimoto's and all of the all of the mm-hmm. connections there that can contribute. So it's it's like a it's like PCOS is like this the first domino that goes, or maybe the second domino that goes in a in a, in a line of dominoes that all create abnormal frontal lobe chemistry, and then you're depressed. And sometimes counseling helps the patients who come in here. Counseling Mm -hmm. it helps, but it never helps enough, or they wouldn't be in here. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. not putting down counseling at all. Go right, go. You know, if you're feeling down, need somebody to talk to, go. It's good. It's good stuff. But this is a different animal. Multiple vicious cycles. Yeah, PCOS and thyroid are kind of kind of the canaries in the coal mine. And yet, you know, your your illumination of yeah, they come in like.
0: Nobody's listening to me.
1: <laughs> Nobody's giving me any solutions uh, until I get assist. And you know, we were talking about another case earlier this morning. Uh, the one mm-hmm. where it's, a, it's called a paraneoplastic syndrome, and uh, and this individual was kind of confused as to how it could be timely relative to her when her symptoms started. But as Dr. Gates was reminded me this morning. It takes a long time for a cancer process to come involved, and a paraneoplastic syndrome is where the immune system that's fighting the cancer cannot kind of, for lack of a better term, break off and start attacking other things. And that takes time, and it's the same way with all of these things. It goes to your point of waiting for the test to be waiting for the cyst to come around or waiting for the test to be positive. By that time, if it's insulin resistance, how long does it take? I've seen I've seen estimates of 10 to 20 years mm-hmm. of insulin resistance mean, uh, developing, and then the ovary you know, going, and then the cyst going, and now by that time the person has been sick for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and nobody's doing anything about it because the test is normal, you know, because because they need to do that. So I think that's an important part of understanding the the whole concept of the polycystic ovarian syndrome and the and the stress to just to illuminate what Dr. Gates was was alluding to before. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I think that pretty well It's that. important.
1: It's a big deal. If you, I, that's the other thing. I oh, know I'm rambling, but here, that's it, good. That's but here it is. That's the other. Thing. It's a big deal. I mean, you you asked me about mm-hmm. when I the consult, yeah. I, I your you know, on that side. And, and 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 people come in, and, and a lot of times they don't even realize it. What you really want? I mean, they don't even realize it. They've been going through, this, going through this, and then they'll come in. They'll be depressed, and they'll have weight, and their hair will be thinning, and they'll and 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 they can't lose the weight, and. And their bowels are off and just on and on and on and on and on and I'll, and I'll look in there and they'll be diagnosed with polycystic over there and so say, oh, so, you, so you've been diagnosed with PCOS? Yeah. Meaning, usually, they have, they have the cysts, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll say, okay, well, that's the cause of like, all, and they'll go like, it is? You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah this is like your problem. <laughs> So it's kind of interesting. It
0: really is interesting because so many individuals have trouble losing weight. Because it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And when you can't lose weight, your hormones lots of times are uh, imbalanced, so to speak, whether you're a guy or you're a girl. Basically, if you're a guy, you have a tendency to be estrogen-dominant. As a girl, you have a tendency to be Mm testosterone-dominant when you're insulin-resistant. And all of these factors play in to make it really difficult for your body to start losing the pounds. And lots of times, people have to do pretty drastic measures for an individual who can't lose weight. For example, if they've been on the Paleo diet or something like that, or Atkins or Keto, you're not losing the weight you want to. There's way more complicated mechanisms in here.
1: Yeah. So a lot of times, so most of the time, frankly, when somebody comes in here with depression, they don't even come in here for depression, like almost always. But everybody comes in here with depression, just about. And not to laugh, but I'm just saying it's like if they have fibromyalgia or depression, yeah, it's, the, the bottom line is, is it's usually what's going on elsewhere. It's usually the chemistry that's affecting your brain. And this is a big, a perfect example of that. And, and, and it's also a good an example of how these um, problems are all multiple vicious cycles. And, and, yeah. and you have to be able to understand the whole framework around them and figure out where to start. Yeah, In this particular case, maybe you start with the insulin resistance or the gut bacteria, or maybe you start with dampening the stress response, depending on that person mm-hmm. and how they present to Dr. Gates when he's doing his treatment. So,
0: And all this comes from the psychiatric literature, because in psychiatry, they know that antidepressants work for people, but lots of times the antidepressants don't work for everybody. And if they don't work, frequently they have to try many different antidepressants. So it's called treatment-resistant depression. So they started delving into all the other mechanisms in the body that are screwing up the brain from you know the gut bacteria to the obesity and the inflammatory chemicals and the hormone changes and B vitamins, and all these different things. That's what's being discussed right now because they know that the meds aren't a solution for everyone. So I think that's it.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything else. So this is important. You wanna know how to get better. Now there's gonna be some nuggets in here that are gonna help some of you. There's gonna be some of you are like, you know, throwing <laughs> at your at your screen going, wow, this guy's like an idiot. But I'm telling you, these are the basics of how to get better. And if you bypass these, plus the ones we're gonna be talking about over the next week or two, you are gonna have a hard time getting better at all. And if you get better, you're gonna ho- you're gonna be the person who has to keep doing it over and over and over again because there are things that are Sabbath. So wrap up this week's presentation, and and um, I'm here to educate you. We're here to get, try to answer the questions that we've had over the last you know six or seven years or eight years or whatever it's been. And um, and so please do that. So until next week. Uh, I hope you. Uh, if you're if you're enjoying this, then then you know please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again, and uh, take care.
0: This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.